I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. It's always entertaining watching me sitting in an empty room talking on the phone, right? That's that's great TV there. All right. Oh, people love it. They do love it. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, John Cobell Show, and yes, we're live on Instagram for this next segment. KFI AM640, and also live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And we're on from 1 to 4, after 4 o'clock, the iHeart app, as the John Cobell On Demand Podcast. So there, you're caught up on uh, all the different ways you can hear this. Uh, we are now going to talk with one of the uh, strong candidates for uh, L.A. County District Attorney against George Gascon, Eric Sadal. He's a, a deputy district attorney. He is also the vice president of the uh, ass uh, assistant deputy. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> let's get the title of this organization wrong. We'll get Eric on so he could, uh, he could give a... The proper title. It's the Association of Deputy District Attorneys, right? Yeah, that's right. Something like that. So, okay. I, you know, I think this is, look, I, I think I've been on your show for about five or six years. This is this is the first time we don't have Ken on. Yes, so I know. Is, it's, a, it's a bit of a shock for me. <laughs> it's why I can get easily confused introducing guests. <laughs> um, uh. Eric, um how is it doing that debate? I, I know you've done other debates. This one uh, was live streamed at LAMag.com. It was really an interesting, fast-paced event. How how was it for you last week uh, going up against, against Gascon? Well, you know, it was, it was interesting because I really do think it kind of showed the three different paths that L.A. can take. Uh, you know, most of the people that are running don't really have a path forward. 
George Gascon has, you know, has no path forward either. And then, you know, you saw his little mini me next to him. Um, <laughs> that guy doesn't have any path forward either. Yeah. I mean, Jeff are, Sheraminsky. You know, this, 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 yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 uh, were I you think, the one, were I, you the I, one I, who I, called him mini Gascon? Uh, that was me. That was yes. Me. Okay, that was good. I got a laugh out of that, and that's and, accurate. You know, I think, I think it's you know, and so my you know my vision about what we're going to do with Los Angeles is very different from everyone else. I actually have a path forward how we can make our uh, our community safer. Um, I, in particular, I have this violence reduction strategy, which. Is pretty innovative because what I want to do is I want to build up an intelligence unit in the district attorney's office, find out who are the real bad guys in L.A. County and use our resources to go after them. And, you know, I think that has never been done in L.A. County, something I want to do. And I think the other thing that makes me different from everyone else is, you know, no one else is talking about how we're going to deal with with uh, the mentally ill. Uh, I want to build a lockdown facility so that they are not just roaming the streets and killing other people. And then, you know, in the homeless issue, I think we are, again, I mean, look look at what George Gascon wants to do. George Gascon wants to do absolutely nothing on the issue, just keep it the same. And I have a plan about expanding homeless courts so that we actually get people off the streets and, and get them in more permanent housing. Uh, and that's, I think, the difference between me and everyone else is, well, Other this people is, are looking this, backwards, and George is looking nowhere. This is all interrelated. Uh, the homeless problem is directly connected to the mental illness that's out on the streets, and the drug problem, and their behavior, which often becomes criminal. Uh, right. and, and sometimes they got to be put away somewhere, right? They got to be put it away for mental health treatment, drug treatment, or in, in jail entirely. And none of it's being addressed. That's the thing. It's a complete breakdown in, in government order. And I know we're paying, yeah. you know, millions and millions for thousands of employees, and none of this is being handled anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, this is the problem: is that we're we get someone who's mentally ill in our criminal system. Right now, what that person, what's happening to that person is they're they're being thrown back on the streets, and they're giving you know community mental health treatment. Well, if they're extremely violent, putting them back on the streets is not good for them, and it's certainly not good for the community. And we've seen this time and time again where someone gets released from, from jail on one of these mental health diversions and then goes and stabs their neighbor to death or their boyfriend to death. I mean, this is, this is a problem. And, and right now, the way that George Gascon is handling it is he just pretends that it doesn't exist and throws it back onto the streets. I found his performance to be baffling because he doesn't give an inch. He thinks everything is fine in Los Angeles. And it, it's our problem that we have the wrong perception of his, of the utopia he's created. I mean, does he, he really believes this or is this some, some kind of an act? Well, did it remind you of something that you may have read in the LA times over the sun, uh, over Sunday? Because if you read the LA times editorial, yes. Uh, in terms of their endorsement of George Gascon, it's not that different. You know, I'll tell you one thing. The L.A. Times editorial board and I agree on one thing. If you keep George Gascon, you're not going to move forward. And we're just going to continue going, you know, 
in this cycle where nothing is happening, where there's no effective plan to turn the tide on crime, there's no effective plan to deal with the mentally ill, and there's no effective plan to move forward on homelessness. And so, you know, I guess the LA Times and I agree on one thing, and that is keeping George Gascon means there's absolutely going to be no change in our system whatsoever. And then everybody else outside of Gascon and the LA Times editorial board is unhappy with the day-to-day -day quality of life in Los Angeles County. And it's clear why. You just have to open your eyes and look around. You see it every day. And everybody, I mean, everybody I talk to, and I live on the West Side. This is not, uh, this is not uh, middle America, right? The West Side right. is very democratic, very liberal, and everybody I know is angry and afraid, and they don't want to go out at night beyond their little bubble. And I, I don't know of anybody who's comfortable with the way life has gone here in L.A. over the last few years. And, and I don't understand yeah. this denial. I mean, it really seems like a religious cult. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I, I think one of the things that's interesting about the editorial itself is if you read it, there's no mention of any new proposals that he has. There's no mention of how he's governing the office. There's no mention of the fact that he's lost the confidence of law enforcement. There's no mention about the, uh, the loss of confidence of the line prosecutors. And frankly, mo most importantly, and this is something I've seen in the polling that we've done for my campaign, he has lost the confidence of most Angelinos. He has about 15% of Angelinos who are supporting him, and the rest of them are either opposed to him or indifferent to him, but the majority are opposed to him. So I don't know where, you know, I don't know where they, what they were thinking in terms of this endorsement, but it's clear that it's not based on substance. It's not based on his plans. It's not based upon where he's going to take us in the future. And it's based upon some type of, you know, I mean, I think you kind of put it as some cult. Like, this is, the, this is our guy, and we're going to just continue come hell now, or high water. His whole tone in the debate and their, their tone in the editorial is everything is wonderful. What's to change? What's to complain about? And, and look, if you if you believe that, right, if you believe that everything is great, if you believe that Los Angeles is in the right direction, if you believe that, you know, we're doing the best we can in terms of keeping you safe while changing and reforming the system, then, you know what, you should you should vote for George Gascon. I don't think that's the reality about what is happening on the ground. Uh, I see it every day in court. I see it every day in, you know, living in Los Angeles, look, I, I live in a gang neighborhood. I've noticed that there's been a major change in terms of gang graffiti and gang violence. And you can't deny it because it's simply, you just have to open up your eyes and look what's happening in Los Angeles. I'll tell you one thing though. Yeah. I, my, I do have hope because I think he's extremely unpopular. And I know that if I get in the general election with him, I will beat him. And it won't just be a little drumming. We, I will overwhelmingly defeat George Gascon if I get in the general election with him. Well, Eric, I, I wish you the best of luck. And let's talk again because uh, I want to give you and uh, the, the other uh, prosecutors who are running as much time as possible to keep making the case against Gascon. Uh, you're, okay, you're well, thanks for having me. You're an excellent candidate and uh, wish you the best of luck for the rest of the campaign. Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate All right. it. All right, that is uh, okay. Eric Sadal there.
Uh, and uh, he is uh, the vice president of the Association of Deputy District Attorneys and one of the candidates against George Gascon. And uh, we will, uh, we got a lot coming up. Uh, one piece of good news, and this is all related, is the, the uh, organization that has funded and supported and gotten a few L.A. City Council people elected and the L.A. City Attorney elected, uh, or the, uh, the controller, I think, uh, the Democratic Socialists of America, the DSA, uh, they're apparently uh, broke. Uh, they've had a great influence and a very bad influence on L.A. politics and L.A. quality of life. And it looks like they're running out of money. I'll tell you about that when we come back. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. We just talked with uh, Eric Sadal, who's uh, a deputy district attorney. He's uh, running against Gascon. He's a, another great candidate. And... Uh, we're, we're right before the break. Uh, we were talking with uh, Eric Sadal, and I wanted to tell you about the Democratic Socialists of America because that's the other evil force in LA County that's helping to make things horrible. The Democratic Socialists of America are basically a Marxist communist group. They put the word democratic in their title to throw you off. The second word is the important word it's the Democratic Socialists of America. They're unabashed. Socialists. And this is what they believe in. And they're actually more like anarchists, I think, because they want the destruction. Uh, they find America to be an illegitimate nation, uh, capitalism to be an illegitimate economic theory, just the whole thing. Every, everything about our way of life should be destroyed. And they've gotten three candidates on the LA City Council. Uh, one of them is Nithya Raman, Hugo Soto Martinez, and Eunice Hernandez. They also got the L.A. City Controller, Kenneth Mejia. Uh, one of Mike Bonin's top aides was with the Democratic Socialists of America. They have now, though, as an organization, uh, stepped on a landmine of sorts because um, they are part of the rabble-rousing crowd in the streets that supports Hamas and hates Israel and hates the Jews. And so that has caused a huge, um, a huge decline in their donations. They um, are they they're they're in a million dollar plus hole, and they they have to start laying off many people. Uh, we have to cut five hundred thousand dollars from staff related expenses, and we're going to be asking people to volunteer to uh, leave have their position cut, receive severance, and then we're going to be uh, issuing layoffs because there's a financial crisis and staff-related costs are 72% of the projected income and 58% of their total spending. They have to make seven-figure budget cuts. Um, they, uh, they got so radical, so anti-Israel, that a lot of people cut off the money because they were so disgusted. And uh, it's long been an anti-Semitic organization, but apparently after supporting Hamas post-invasion, it was, it was too much. Uh, even a lot of progressives couldn't take the kind of rhetoric coming out from the Democratic Socialists of America. The thing is, they have infiltrated government 
to such a large extent. Uh, there's there's other DSA members who are staff members of L.A. City Council. And um, I mean, they, they 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 all of them should be removed from government because they're 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 an absolute danger to what used to be the American way of life, which was a good way of life. And somehow everybody became embarrassed to defend the American way of life. And they started kowtowing to these lunatic radicals who want nothing but destruction. They don't want life to be better. They want all the homeless people in the street. They want the criminals in the street, the mental patients in the street. They want George Gascon as district attorney. They want this. And they have scared and intimidated a lot of people because they're good at doing public protests and making a lot of noise and frightening people into silence. So to read that the DSA is is uh, going bankrupt, uh, BLM was going bankrupt as well. Th this is all good. Maybe we're we're coming out of this ridiculous period where all these destructive, hateful ideas have run their course, and now maybe. People are going to wake up and start voting for normal candidates. And we can get back to have a normal life. We should not spend one day with the mayhem in the streets that we have. Not one day. And most, most cities in this country, most cities and towns do not have what we have. But we do. And it's, it's our doing because we allowed it, because we voted for bad people, because we allowed organizations like the Democratic Socialists of America to infiltrate our government and because most people were afraid, timid. They're cowering because these people make so much crazy noise and are so threatening. Uh, so that was good news that the DSA is going bankrupt. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. Ron, from one until four, then after four o'clock, John Cobalt show on demand. On the iHeart app. Tonight at 6 o'clock, you can hear uh, the Senate candidates debate. Uh, Fox 11, along with USC and Politico, is hosting a California Senate debate from the USC campus. Uh, the, air, the debate will air on KFI at 6 o'clock. It's also going to be on Fox 11. And the four candidates, three Democrats, one Republican. It's going to be uh, Nutty Adam Schiff, Katie Porter, Barbara Lee, and then uh, the Republican is the former Dodger, Steve Garvey. And uh, the primary election is March 5th. The top two will go on to the November runoff, unless someone gets 50%, which no one will. Um, Alex Michelson is one of the moderators of the debate and uh, a political senior, uh, a Politico reporter, Melanie Mason is the other moderator. So you could listen on KFI tonight to that. And uh, I found this survey in the New York Post done by Scott Rasmussen. He has a famous polling agency. Uh, and as you know, it's a common stereotype to say now that America has been split into two. Uh, you could look at red states and blue states. You can look at people with advanced college degrees and working class people. Uh, and so Scott Rasmussen looked into the big divide between, you know, you could call them coastal elites and people who live in the heartland. Um, the divide is it's much more deep and shocking than you could imagine if you believe this poll. What Scott Rasmussen did is divided the public into two groups. The elites are people with at least one postgraduate degree. You earn more than 150000 and you live in a densely populated zip code. They had a formula for that. And then everybody else is part of the general public. But how do all these more wealthy more isolated elite people. How do they, I mean, they're isolated in that, you know, they're, they're in their uh, mostly urban bubbles. You know, they, they may live in a densely populated area, but they're not, they're not out with the rest of the world. Everybody they know agrees with what they think. And then he also looked at the super elites, people who graduated from Ivy League schools or Duke or Stanford, Northwestern. And it's, uh, it's pretty shocking. For example, if you wonder who approves of Joe Biden's performance, 
It's the elites. 84% of the elites approve of Joe Biden. 84%. 73% of the elites consider themselves Democrats. Again, these are postgraduate degree holders earning more than 150000 living in a densely populated zip code. And um, here's some other stunning statistics. 77% of the elites and 89% of the super elites support the strict rationing of meat, gas, and electricity. You know why? Climate change. These are the climate change true believers. Now, what's fascinating about this is, I bet you the super elites, you know, think uh, west side of Los Angeles, uh, use a disproportionate amount of electricity and gas and, and meat. But they think everybody else, all the unwashed peasants out there, should stop driving gas cars. Oh, and, and, and stop uh, using electricity as well. So you can't drive electric cars anymore. In fact, I was, I was reading um, an opinion piece by someone who said, oh, that's next. They're starting with gas-powered cars, but you'll see they'll go after the electric cars because the electric cars are not friendly to the environment. It takes a tremendous amount of energy to manufacture those electric cars, and you have to own one for many years before it cancels out all the greenhouse gases that the production makes, not to mention all the mining that's going on in Africa. They're wrecking the environment there with their cobalt mining. 81% of the elites would, of the super elites would ban the use of gas-powered cars. 81%. 70% um, would stop Americans from engaging in non-essential air travel. So you see a pattern here? The elites who travel the most, drive the most, take more airplanes, they think... Everybody else should stop traveling. No gas cars, no electric cars, no airplanes. Maybe we could all, all take high-speed rail. Oh. Um, and another thing that's frightening about this group, they think that the government is right most of the time. Yeah, they do. Um, I'm trying to find the, the exact, uh, the exact, the exact, uh, thing here, but it was, it was a very high percentage that think the government is mostly right. And they're the ones who vote for big government. So they vote for Democrats. I, I don't know why, because their, their tax bill is huge, but I guess they make so much money. The taxes don't matter to them. If you, so if you want to know who we're, we're, who we're normal people are fighting, it's this crowd. They really want to really put us in shackles. They want to stop us from eating whatever they don't approve of, stop us from traveling. I mean, once you take the cars, including the electric cars away and the planes, oh, I forgot we're supposed to ride bicycles around, right? I'm still waiting to find the guy who's biking from the west side to Burbank, which is my route, getting over the Sepulveda Pass. Do they have a bike lane on the 405? 
I want to see that guy. What, what guy has taken five buses to get from uh, the west side to Burbank? But, they, you know, they, this is this is the this, they're the ones who um, donate to like the Democratic Socialists of America. They're the ones who donate to these far left wing operations to George Gascon, for example, to Gavin Newsom. They have so much money. And they think they're more educated and more wise than the rest of us uh, dirty people down below. All right, more coming up. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. Moist line, 877-MOIST-86, 877-MOIST-86. Conway coming up in in minutes. Oh, I did find uh, the statistic that I wanted in this uh, in this study. Uh, they, they interviewed normal people, and then they interviewed elites and super elites. Elites are people who have a postgraduate degree, and they earn more than $150,000, and they live in a densely populated zip code in the city. And then the super elites came from uh, Ivy League schools. Here is, here's the one. 89% of super elites say they trust the government to do the right thing. 89% they have a devout religious belief in government. The government to do the right thing. Think about that. 80, the government to do the right thing. And even the regular elites, 70% think the government will do the right thing. Uh, normal people, only 35% have that feeling. Now, those kind of people vote for George Gascon. George Gascon doesn't prosecute anyone for anything, and you end up with... This story out of Westchester, NBC4 reporter Christian Cazares. Neighbors telling me over 30 cars were broken into overnight here in their neighborhood. Now we're at the corner of 85th Street and Burger Avenue. And I want to show you a little bit of what neighbors found here. The car right here behind me, you see the car, the window just completely smashed in. So is the vehicle on the other side of the street. Now, aside from the hundreds of dollars in repair costs, neighbors say they feel violated because much of their belongings were found just shuffled around inside. Now take a look at the security video. One neighbor shared that shows someone walking up to their car moments before it was broken into. One by one, windows were smashed and a series of car alarms woke up many families during the early morning hours. Now, we spoke to several of those car owners today who tell us they are just frustrated about what happened. And I noticed that my driver's windshield was um, kind of spiderweb cracked. So I just thought a rock hit it from a passing car. So I ran back in the house to get our other car's keys to go to the gym and then when I went to that car, the window had been broken through and it looked like there was some rummaging around in the front seat. So then, then as I was looking around the street, I noticed that a lot of the front um, side windshields were punched in. Well, there was a police report that was filed today, and we are waiting to get more information from LAPD about what happened. But again, neighbors telling us over 30 cars vandalized just before sunrise. Now, some have been towed away. Others have plastic coverings on the windows, and others, as you can see, remain with no windows as the storm continues to pass by. There you go. 30 cars in Westchester. And that comes from uh, the policies of, of George Gascon. Because I'm sure all these guys have records. I'm sure they do a lot of damage. This wasn't the only night of their life that they decided to smash 30 cars. And you don't hear this happening in wealthy neighborhoods. The people in wealthy neighborhoods vote for these these conditions. But they're rarely the victims, right? You don't hear about this happening on the west side of L.A. You hear it happening in Westchester.
It's like this other story they have about uh, Hollywood in the Daily Mail. Uh, the headline is, Once Glamorous Boulevard is Filthy, Overrun by Homelessness, and Struggling to Cope with Soaring Crime. You don't see that happen, that headline about the wealthy districts in L.A. or the wealthy suburbs. No, it's always the, the poor people in the middle class who have to live with the consequences of how the wealthy elites vote. Not that the poor people vote any better. But the wealthy people finance the campaigns. The wealthy people are the ones who have this weird ideology that they think the government always does the right thing. Well, if government, you, you know what? Go walk down Hollywood Boulevard. Because my wife and I did a couple times last year. We'd park there and then walk up to uh, the Hollywood Bowl because the parking situation at the bowl is so terrible. It was easier to park in a lot until we realized we had to walk down Hollywood Boulevard at night after the concert a couple of times. Not going to do that again. So they got a story now in the uh, L.A. Daily, uh, not the L.A., the, uh, the Daily Mail out of London. And they are finally going to close off a one and a quarter mile stretch to do a much, -reated, a much needed renovation. Because the sidewalks are often congested and, um, and, and is filled with, with homeless people and mental patients. And it is. It, it is one of the scariest walks that you could take in L.A. So they're going to uh, make wider sidewalks, put up shade trees, a protected mobility lane. I guess what they used to be called a bicycle lane. And uh, pedestrian safety enhancements. It's filled with dirty sidewalks. And people are victims of assaults with a deadly weapon, sexual assaults, uh, homeless people assaulting. It is an outdoor insane asylum. But you know what? They're trying to clean the city up because the Olympics are coming in 2028. And that may seem like a long way away. But when you have the kind of work they need to do, they also want to improve the, the aesthetics, come up with a cohesive design for Hollywood Boulevard. But it's not being done for us. It's not being done for the local residents. It's being done for all the visitors who are coming for the Olympics. It's like when uh, Gavin Newsom cleaned up San Francisco for a few days when the president of China was coming. Then he did all the things that San, Fran San Francisco residents had been begging for for 10 years. Finally, it got done for the Chinese president. Now, I wonder on that, stress, on that stretch in San Francisco if all the vagrants moved back in. If the mental patients found their way to their old neighborhoods. And so that's what their uh, Channel 5 analyzed the crime data. And uh, it was deadly weapons, sexual assaults, homeless... Uh, one woman, Amy Michelle, said she was punched in the face. All she was doing was errands on the boulevard. She says, I've seen people with machetes and knives slicing in the air, slicing the air in front of them. I've seen people selling drugs out of the back of a truck. I've witnessed a hot hostage situation at one of the apartment complexes. I was punched in the back of the head by a homeless person. This is one woman. How many times do you have to see or experience that before you find... Another neighborhood to shop in.
And this is the stretch that has the Hollywood Walk of Fame. This is the stretch where they close off for movie premieres. And I, 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 it must have affected tourism. Or do most tourists don't know till they get there? And then they find it terribly disgusting. Um, one, the press release says the goal of the Hollywood Walk of Fame master plan is to move this iconic corridor forward into the 21st century, respecting its rich history while establishing a holistic and long-lasting vision. But if you don't get the homeless people off the street and put the criminals in prison, well, what's going to happen? It's going to... It's not going to take long if the homeless start uh, taking their filthy dumps on the Walk of Fame all over again. I mean, there's rows and rows of tents. People sleeping on top of the uh, Walk of Fame stars. Garbage all over the sidewalks. And, oh, by the way, they, they cut the uh, officer patrols by half recently. All right, Conway's here. Hey, now. Uh, well, we got the big debate on at 6 o'clock, the Senate debate. And that will be um, us with Fox 11. Mo Kelly's going to be part of that. And we're going to carry that live at 6 o'clock. That's right. It's got uh, the three Democratic candidates and Steve Garvey. That's right. Should be very exciting. Uh, Did I oversell it? Uh, no, you didn't. No? no, you're a little undersold. Um, and then uh, John Kerry has left the global warming business, and now he's going to work on trying to get uh, Joe Biden reelected, <laughs> which I thought was odd because for the last 10 years, I've been told that the biggest threat to the planet is not Joe Biden. It's climate change. Well, I think Kerry made his money. But why would he why would he leave us without a climate change czar <laughs> if, if, if the world's going to end you know isn't that the most important uh, job uh, no it's it's just a money racket that's all what yeah. get out of here oh yeah you and your your what is that that uh kool-aid that QAnon thing my, you my uh, conspiracy theory yeah <laughs> you and uh mondo with those QAnon meetings <laughs> 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 that, come on john you can't possibly believe that look it's raining outside oh, We're doomed. I, I think they all know that they're selling a scam <laughs> i do you really, really think so well they wouldn't be t you you think he'd be flying a private plane every week i don't know if he really was worried about the climate i don't know who to believe uh, i don't believe know me. all right okay <laughs> i'm telling you the truth all right uh and then uh, not only that we had some good football games over the weekend we'll uh, give you a preview on what the spread is for the next weekend and then um, we also have, uh, there was something else here. Oh, the rain, 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 rain. We're going to talk about when that's going to uh, split. All right, Conway's next. Ding dong with you, Johnny. And uh, Crozier is the news, live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.